Look at this, another day, another record for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100. What do you make of it as you look at the bank earnings too? Uh, you know what? I think it's a little bit confusing. I'm not necessarily surprised at all by the action of the banks, right? J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs both under pressure uh, today after their earnings, right? They came out. The numbers were the numbers were great. Some of it certainly uh, accentuated by the excess, the release of the excess reserves, so it was right to their bottom line. That's not going to be a repeat performance. But I think that investors had already bought into the financials, uh, kind of like that buy the rumor, sell the event. Uh, a reaction, which is exactly what we saw in April when they came out, they beat all the numbers, the stock sold off a little bit before gaining stability and ground and then surging higher again. I think that's exactly what we're seeing again uh, today. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to start to see that as we move through at least the rest of this week into next week when we get more more uh, news from the banks. Uh, the Boeing situation, you know, adding adding pressure also to the Dow, because don't forget, Boeing, Goldman, and J.P. Morgan are all down names, and so they're all down at the moment. So that's putting a lot of pressure on the Dow stock, certainly on the Dow average. Certainly, it's not helping the S&P, but, you know, the S&P is 500 names, so there's a little bit broader exposure there. But one of the other things that right. I'm a little bit, little bit concerned about is that that very, very, very hot CPI number this morning. And, you know, they keep saying it's transitory, but, you know, that number was almost 50% almost greater uh, than what the expectation was. It was already a high number to begin with. And so I think there's a little bit of a disconnect still, and they're still trying to tell that story about transitory, transitory, transitory. And I'm, you know, I'm just not in that camp. So when you look at the banks, because you noted how they, you know, was buy on the rumor, sell on the news, even though they came out with the great numbers, but the excess reserves being released now and probably some more freedom for buybacks and dividends and things like that. But you think the group is a little frothy, right? I do think it's just a little bit frothy, but I still like them, right? I like the financials going into the best, the balance of the year because they are they are part of that cyclical recovery. Ah. So I think they got ahead okay. of themselves. I think they're going to back off. But then I think, you know, as we go into the rest of the year, that they will perform well. I'm still in that camp over value over growth for the year, although I will say, you know, growth has now taken value over just by a smidge, right? It's still within that margin of error. But... Um, I do think there needs to be some breathing room in some of the financials, which is exactly kind of what you're seeing. It's exactly the reaction right. you're seeing in J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs today after they came out with their numbers, right? So what are your favorite sectors then for now for this back half of the year? You said you would put some into some of the banks. Um, where would you look to make some money? Financials, consumer staples. Listen, I know, and you know, I think I've said this to you before on your show. Consumer staples is another area because they've got pricing power, right? Colgate, uh, uh, Procter and Gamble. We've already seen them. They're raising prices. They started raising them at the at, at the at the end of the first quarter. They announced these price increases across a range of products that you and I have to use every day because they can, right? And so. Uh, I'm looking right. at names like that. And although they're not sexy and they're not exciting, they are what they are, right? And so they're big, stable names. And if you're expecting, you know, kind of a pullback and a downturn in the market, I want some stability. I'm still in growth. You know, I like the tech disruptor names more so than I like the big fang names. But I do own Apple. I do own Microsoft. And I don't, and I don't intend or expect to, to sell any of those in any event, right? Those are long-term foundational holdings. And if anything, if there's a pullback, I would add to them versus, you know, selling them up here. Um, if I want some protection to the downside, like I, I, I said, in, uh, I think I said it to you, in the, uh, is that is you might want to go short the broader market, right? The S&P. But you can go short by buying the ETF, SH, which is the pro 
the ProShares short ETF. So you can buy it. So you're essentially going long, but you're really short the market, right? To protect you on the downside right. if you're worried. But for the most part, I'm still into the value trade. So it's energies, it's financials, uh, it's consumer staples. And I have an underweight position in the tech and in disruptive tech especially. Ah, okay. Oh, I get it. I get it. So those are the areas. Financials, consumer staples, and energy is where you would put your money in to protect to the downside. You would have this short. And the consumer staples you named, names like Colgate and Procter & Gamble, that have some pricing power at this point. What about what's going on with the central banks? I know you're following Jay Powell, as I as am I, um, all things Jay Powell and the Fed. And then we have ECB rate decision looming as well. What should investors be watching out for as we expect Jay Powell to testify in Congress and such? It's going to be very interesting, right? So tomorrow and Thursday, he's doing his semi-annual Humphrey Hawkins testimony, uh, where he's going to get up and talk about the state of the economy. So people are going to be listening very intently to what he has to say, because there is no July uh, you know, Fed meeting where we're going to get any notes. The next one's going to be August. So people are going to try to, um, you know, to, 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 to skate where the puck is going to be, right? In that sense, they're trying to figure out what he's going to say, how he's preparing. I think it was also very interesting yesterday, Christine Lagarde, who's the president of the ECB, came out and made an announcement that within the next 10 days that she's going to come out with an announcement about a policy change, but nothing imminent, but something six or eight months out in mid-2022, which is kind of interesting because isn't that what James Bullard said three weeks ago? You know, mid-2022 was in his mind where we should start to talk. And while Jay Powell denies it, I think it is absolutely out there on the table. They put it out there. They put it out there for a reason. And Christine Lagarde, who said she's not doing anything until the Fed does something, so she's going to follow the Fed's reaction. It's interesting, though, that she came out with that comment shortly after, you know, uh, Bullard came out with his comments and Bostick is another yeah. one, the Atlanta Fed president, who also supports the mid-2022 uh, uh, conversation. So I think investors really have to think that that's a real possibility. And then how would they set themselves up? If they give the markets enough yeah. time to consider it, sure, the markets are going to reprice because they have to. Rates start to go up. Valuations have to change, right? So you just need to be prepared about that. All right. And, uh, you know, my final thoughts here is we see J.P. Morgan down over 2%, Goldman Sachs down over 1%. Even though they had some great numbers, I wonder if we'll just continue to see that trend. I mean, it's not unusual to see sometimes, even with good numbers, that people sell off. Um, give me your thought on that. But also, when you talk about disruptive tech, right. do you have some crazy favorites that you've been investing in? Well, listen, the ones I like, you know me, I, I like the Cathy Arc ETF because it's broad, right? It doesn't force me to pick CrowdStrike or Shopify or Tesla individually. I'm playing it. I'm, I'm playing it safe, I guess. I think she's great. I think she's really a phenomenal money manager. And, and ARKK, which is her ARK disruptor ETF, right. you know, has a little bit of everything in it. And so I'm playing the disruptive technology that way, partly because I'll mm. be honest, Right. There's a lot going on in disruptive tech and I'll let her keep up with it and I'll just ride her coattails with her ETF. Right. I've been playing All right. every time it pulls back. I buy a little bit more. I like it. It's a long term holding, but you have to have the stomach for it.